There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. We're here. We're watching Texas Tech make a valiant effort to not get swept by the Abilene Christian Wildcats after a nine. What, what's, what was the lingo? Nine, nine, a nine spot, nine spot, a nine run inning, nine run inning in the sixth. That was a, a glorious thing to watch. There's also a, a glorious mustache. mustache. <laughs> Number three for the, the Wildcats. Yeah. Man. He, he's, he's like a double machine. He's hitting. I think he's on second base every time I've seen him. He you just get a, you get a good shot of his mustache every time he's on base. Yeah. Yeah. He, he looks like if, if you just put him in a sepia tone, he could be on the, uh, the, the, the 1918 White Sox, and no one would even think twice about it. No, of course not. Were they around in 18? Of course they were. To the White Sox. I know my baseball history. I don't know anything about baseball. Okay. How are you, man? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. Uh, speaking of baseball, little league update just right up front. We got yeah. two games left. Saturday, then Tuesday. One more practice on Thursday. I was in the in the field during practice tonight talking to one of the other coaches like, one more practice two more games and we're done because this, especially tonight, like practice, like I don't know if it's because we, we, we played, what was it last Wednesday? Mm-hmm. And then, so we didn't have, we didn't have oh, practice yeah. on Thursday cause we were expecting to have a game on Saturday, but then we ended up having the game on Saturday forfeited by the other team. So technically we won that game. So we haven't played um, since last Wednesday. And then practice tonight was just sloppy. And they was like, <laughs> we're like, we've forgotten how to hold and throw a baseball or we know how to work a glove. And I was like, this is rough. I was like, we just got one more practice. Let's just get this. Games. Let's get this done. Um, so yeah, man, we're, uh, we're doing well. What about the queen bees, killer bees? Yeah. The queen bees, queen bees. Um, oh, man, bees. queen bees, the, the coaches, the, okay. You, you probably know how this goes at, at the, at the mighty Burl Huffman where the wind speed is always an additional 10 miles an hour than anywhere else in Lubbock. ACU is about to score two runs. Yep. Yep. Oh man. A relay from short right field. Couldn't get the runner coming in from second. That's embarrassing. Bottom of the seventh. ACU is now slowly crawling back down 13 to 10. Is that right? Did they count both runs? Yeah. 13, 10, two outs. Took them a while. Two on. Okay. Anyways, Burl the, Huffman. The wins. Queen Bees are good. Uh, what happened was the, the, the mighty Queen Bees scored first mm-hmm. in the game on Saturday. And then right before halftime, it was one of those, okay, next dead ball coach will be halftime. And 
I forgot who they were playing, but it was like the pink sparkle princes or something. <laughs> Princesses. I, I'm not making fun of it. It was great. They were, it was super cute. Everybody, it was like black and pink. Fantastic. I can't remember their name though. They scored right at, you know, right before halftime or whatever yeah. you call it in soccer. <laughs> so, um, same exact thing happened at the end of the game. Next dead ball coach. It was complete. It was one to one up until the last play of the game, and then the other team scored. Uh, I'm very proud of my queen bee. Two weeks ago, and she she was one who like she still does this. She like hovers around. She's around the envelope. She likes to be around the action, kind of like behind it though. Um, she's getting better about getting involved and kicking the ball. But two two games ago, she got the ball, and I mean, she was driving down the field. I was just shocked. Bad news, wrong goal. Oh no, she's going the wrong way. Good news is, it, she didn't let it phase her. She she kept playing. You know, she did. You know, I was worried she'd get upset or something. And then my little girl gets the ball again, starts charging, getting the ball, leading the leading another pack by herself again to the wrong goal but i was really proud of her she did it twice okay <laughs> it was just in that game it happens because usually it's just like you know she kind of the ball comes to her and she'll kick it or she has stopped some goals but her last game's this week so i've, I've seen a lot of progress yeah and i know nothing about soccer or baseball enough that's all i'm going to talk about this whole podcast so y'all are in for a treat we got some food takes coming oh yeah we got food okay now I'm, i did send no, you no. A, a video i don't, I don't interested to see if you watched it yet i have not had the chance to watch it but i, um, I it was meat church meat no was it's it? from uh the mad scientist barbecue ah who um more or less he, he does a lot of testing on how to improve barbecue and, and do all kind of stuff that's right he uh actually almost as, as in as in response to our our discussion last week did a, a cut of meat that we talked about the one we'll talk about yeah when we get to what do we learn no spoilers no Spoilers. Did he just hit a home run? No way. Oh, no, I guess it was foul. <sighs> well, Please don't get swept by a blink Christian. Way to, way to make a delayed call on that. Yikes. What happened? Oh, because you know, with the incredible camera work over here. Yeah. And, and Abilene. Just really, you know, Anyways. Abilene needs another bandwagon to jump on. And why not jump on the Red Raiders bandwagon? There are a lot of Red Raiders in attendance tonight, which is yeah. good to see. Oh, and this, this coach, I don't know if you saw it earlier. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're, I, I should have hit mute on that. This coach out here lost track of how many balls and strikes one of his batters had. And like one of the batters went to first on three balls. And they had, they called all the umpires. He was like, no, it's actually a 3 2 count. And they pulled him back. He lost his mind. He was like, I mean, okay, yes, the, like the board is correct. It says three two now. Sure, you lost count. Now you look like an idiot. Yeah, because you didn't keep up with everything. It's one of like, the most basic things in baseball. Yeah, you should count to four or three, <laughs> really. All right. Anyways, um, all that to say, we've got a lot of stuff that happens on Twitter. If you want to follow us at twenty three personnel, uh, we did that long. All Tadlock team over on Twitter posed a question. Got a lot of great feedback on Mother's Day. That's where it's going to be at Twitter at 23 personnel. You can follow me, Spencer at punts suck and Michael at Michael underscore L B K. Also, you can keep up with us over on color cast, which is where we are at every Tuesday night at nine o'clock. 
It is the live audio only sports talk platform for you to download and to use. Talk to us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, live podcasts and recordings, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you have to do is download the app, create a profile, follow at 23 personnel, and come with your spiciest takes. So, Michael. Mm. I know you just said how much you know about baseball. Oh, yeah. You ready to talk about baseball? Absolutely. Let's do it. Left field, well struck, Desloni. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young lifts it to right field. Looking for a second home. And some time because all the tools are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes. And the pitch is driven. Deep to right. Cursed that to the wall. Off the top of the fence. Here comes the big zone. Cameron Warren's going to murder home from first. From the third is late. And the Red Raiders have reclaimed the lead. All right, so the Texas Tech Red Raider baseball team coming home from a weekend series in Waco where they took two of three from the Bears. And almost as if we talked about it last week, you won Friday in convincing fashion, you won Saturday in even more convincing fashion, and then you pooped the bed, crapped the bed. Yeah, I took a dump. I updated our... our um you know, our note sheet with the scores and the scores are almost, they were almost identical. They yeah, were very which, close. I, I was kind of like, Oh man, did I even update that one versus, you know, how they did the week before and in every game, they were all very similar. Yeah. So the average now for Friday nights is a seven to four victory on the road. Text tech won seven to one on Saturday on the road. Text tech is winning nine to three Saturday versus the bears. It was 11 to one Sunday. Texas Tech is losing like eight and a half or nine to four. Uh, Texas Tech didn't quite put up four runs. Or, sorry, they put up more than four runs. 
But they also gave up more than they lost by four, though. So your numbers are still yeah, it's it's the same still on there. The 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 season average for Sunday is losing eight and a half to four, and then you lost this weekend on Sunday by four, eleven to seven. Friday, um, you had Andrew Morris on the mound goes a full seven innings on ninety three pitches, four hits, one run, one earned. Seven strikeouts, no walks. Morris, my dude, six and zero on the season. Mason Molina comes in, who actually got the start tonight in Abilene, comes in in relief to close out the game to shut it down. Goes two innings, no hits, no runs, one walk, three strikeouts. Offensively, not the best day for your leadoff hitter Easton Morrell, zero for five. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy that's been putting up a lot of home runs in that, that leadoff spot. Um, what's interesting, though, <laughs> just how many times, it's, it's not to be surprised, and I'm not surprised by it, how many times Jace Young walked on Friday. Because Easton Morrell, Cole Stillwell, Jace Young, Ty Coleman, your first four batters went to the plate five times each. But Jace, because of his three walks, is only credited with two at-bats. Well, he went one for two officially with three walks. Yeah. The country is afraid to pitch to Jace Young. <laughs> um, ACU just, they just are like, we're just going to hit him in the ankle. <laughs> and he scored Base, a run on it too. Well, bases were loaded. So he still drove in a run just being Jace Young. We're yeah. like, we're, we're just going to hit him in the ankle. That's better than uh, a four run shot here. Yeah. And a grand slam. Yeah. Cole Stillwell, two for five. Jace Young, one for two. Ty Coleman, one for five. Kurt Wilson, three for three, with two runs scored, one RBI and a walk. Owen Washburn, one for four. Hudson White, one for four. Parker Kelly uh, rode the struggle bus on Friday. Oh, for four. Um, who was it? Oh, it was, it was Easton Morrell. Man, he had a rough Friday. 0 for 5 with 5 strikeouts. Oof. You don't but see that very often. Even that's what's that's what's frustrating about this team. I mean, you, you just read off, you know, Jay Young aside from walking really didn't get on base and then we had two guys combined go 0 for 9 and they still put up 7 runs. 7 runs on 10 hits as a team. Yeah, and and then they'll completely Biff it later. Yeah, it's it's just and this is this would supposedly be against one of Baylor's best pitchers too. Yeah. So Saturday, Brandon Burtzel comes out, goes seven full innings on 103 pitches, uh, improves a seven and two on the season. Five hits, one run. That one run is earned. Four walks, which is quite a bit. Not as many strikeouts as we usually see with uh, four. Um. And then you get three guys combined for two innings to follow Bird. So Kyle Robinson goes a third of an inning, gives up two two hits with a strikeout. So that's his one out. Derek Bridges comes in for two thirds. So the rest of the eighth uh, closes that out and has no hits, no runs, no walks, one strikeout. Shea Hardis comes in for the ninth and goes the full inning, no hits, no runs, one walk, one strikeout. Hardis. Though, and maybe it's because it's on a relatively short week, not doing so well in Abilene. Um, offensively, Easton Morrell extends that 0 for streak, goes 0 for 3 on Saturday, um, but does get on base because uh, he does score a run. 
Uh, Cole Stillwell, one for five. Jace Young, two for four. Only one walk on Saturday, but that's good for four on the weekend so far. Ty Coleman, two for four. Cody Masters came in to relieve him defensively. Kurt Wilson, three for five with four RBI. Parker Kelly, two for five. Owen Washburn, one for four. Hudson White, one for four. Dylan Carter, 0 for four. Um, who we'll talk about here in a second, but Carter, it would, it kind of flies in the face of what we've heard Tim Tadlock say. Like, if you can hit, we'll find a place for you to stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carter, I think, has been more kept on in the lineup because of his defense than anything else because his batting average has dipped under 200 on the season, which is, even for college, it's not good. Sunday, Matt Volker gets the win for Baylor, uh, who was their reliever. Um, You did knock out their starter, Blake Helton. He only went two innings on Sunday. Four hits, one run, one earned, one walk, no strikeouts. Uh, Volker comes in, goes five innings, six hits, six runs, four earned, two walks, five strikeouts. Um, Sunday, you, I guess more more or less uh, just another data point of your your bullpen or your, your pitching staff outside of Andrew Morris and Brandon birds are like, we have no idea what you're going to get or even like what the, what the, what the rotation is going to look like because, because you've got Trenton Parrish that started the game on Sunday mm-hmm. who has been a late innings. Uh, he was a closer at one point uh, goes an inning and a third, but my dude five hits, seven runs, all seven earned four walks, only three strikeouts on 61 pitches. So we got four outs on 61 pitches. Brandon Beckel comes in to to relieve him. Goes two full innings, three hits, two runs. Both of those were earned. Two walks and a strikeout. Derek Bridges comes in, does not record an out. Oh man, yeah, that was that was a rough go. Uh, one run scores, one is earned, one walk. Uh, only threw seven pitches, and then Chase Hampton comes in for four and two thirds. Who has been your your second pitcher usually coming in on Sunday after Mason Molina goes four and two thirds, five hits, one run, one earned, three walks, seven strikeouts. So that Hampton number, you would think like, man, we could have started the game that way. But you say that, but we've seen him start earlier or pitch earlier in the games and not have that kind of success. So it's like you got to find a spot where he's ready to come in and comfortable, but by that point, I mean the game was was kind of well out of hand. He scored first in the top of the first with a Cole Stillwell home run. Baylor answered with three runs in the bottom of the first, four more in the bottom of the second. Uh, in the third, you make it seven to two, and then Baylor puts up four in the fourth to go up eleven to two, and then you you scratch back a little, little time, two in the fifth, one in the sixth, two in the eighth, just wasn't enough. So. Sundays and midweeks, as we're seeing, you 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 may finally get a midweek win uh, in like a month if Texas Tech can either continue to keep the bats going. Right now, bases are loaded, no outs in the eighth. That may be a good that is stand. a moonshot there. You no, know, oh. just a high fly out, but that'll score a run. Oh, he caught it. It looked like he would. He yeah. wasn't going to quite make it. But that'll advance and 
and get a run in. Good job. Oh, Parker Kelly. I don't know. First out, too. That was first out at the top of the eighth. Yeah. I, I, this is No, sorry. That was Hudson White that hit that. Um, but I was going to say, Parker Kelly may have many more at-bats with the bases loaded than anybody else that I know of. And I don't think that... That's a stat that's tracked, even though baseball tracks everything. Yeah, how would that not be? You, you, you but think- he he has like with, with his grand slam numbers and just the 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 amount of opportunities I I can think of where he's come to the up to bat with the bases loaded, just unbelievable. But that was actually Hudson White, uh, very nearly hit it out. Parker Kelly's actually on second right now. So your weekend, you go two and. Two and one uh, to get to thirty-one and sixteen on the season. Eleven and seven in Big Twelve play. Somehow you're still hanging around in third place. Yeah, um, only back by two games from first place and back by one game from second. And TCU is probably reeling after their sweep by Florida State. Ooh, I think this weekend. That's that, that, that's one of those those teams like you just you hate that you got swept by because it's like. There was an opportunity there. Oh, I know, I know. That, that one really stings. Uh, I don't know. I think that's probably the lowest point of this season so far, aside from maybe dropping to uh, Grand Canyon. That one, that wasn't great. I mean, that wasn't great, but that was... It's not a conference loss. Like, it I know. Like- Losing to ACU at home was pretty damn bad. <laughs> But yeah, Oklahoma State thirteen and five in first place. You get them uh, not this weekend, but next. They've got a non-conference series this weekend, uh, so opportunity there to either make up some ground or put some space between you. Yeah, I mean Oklahoma State just swept Texas in Austin, so they're 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 pretty hot right now. They're the they're that new Hansel. Man, I was hoping I'd get you to spit out your Coke Zero. You don't want me to spit all of your stuff, man. 23 Personal Podcast, sponsored by Coke Zero. Oh, that would be something. It's not. Um, TCU, they, like you said, in second place, 12 and 6. Texas Tech, 11 and 7. Uh, Oklahoma in fourth at 9 and 6. West Virginia, also 9 and 6. Texas, 9 and 9. Early season, maybe even preseason, number one. Uh, good for sixth. In the Big 12 right now. They picked the wrong UT. <laughs> they did. Tennessee. And I don't know like how much you guys follow. And I, I realize we talk about the Tennessee Volunteers baseball team <laughs> a lot. But their coach seems to find a way just to, to, to cause drama or get, find himself embroiled in nonsense in a lot of their games. This weekend yes. uh, against Auburn, one of his pitchers gave up a home run. It wasn't an egregious bat flip from the Auburn player. But the Tennessee head coach came out of the dugout and threw the bat back where the Auburn players were coming out of the field to celebrate, you know, as, as they welcomed the guy back home, threw the bat back into that crowd, intentionally or not, I don't know. But also with the fire and passion this, this coach has, yeah, you would think like... He, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. No, no. And then there was, there was just there was some John back and forth. There was people on the field. It's, it's a mess. Um, but yeah, so it's Texas Tech... With two series to go in third place, only two games back. Um, Oklahoma State has us, Texas Tech, and Baylor remaining. Uh, so as much as we, we Texas Tech, uh, are looking ahead as uh, we, with some opportunity there, they are probably even more excited about their their the end of their their season here. They're hosting Texas Tech at you know obviously at home, uh, which is. 
always an advantage for teams and they get a not good Baylor team to finish it out. Uh, TCU has Oklahoma and Kansas again. Um, the Oklahoma series could be really interesting because Oklahoma mm-hmm. is just so powerful offensively and they get Kansas. So they've got an opportunity to really um, maintain a lead on Texas tech. If we aren't careful and we've got Oklahoma state and Oklahoma left and we've shown that Oklahoma can be a problem or at least with our midweek pitching. So. Yes, for sure. At a neutral site. So at least this OU series will obviously be at home, but Oklahoma state up in still water, still water, and the new O'Bright Stadium, which I'm, I'm actually kind of excited to see Yeah, how it looks. I, I, I You mean you haven't been watching any cowpoke? No. Co- or what are they? Are they the pokes? Cowboys, pokes. Cap, cowboy. I, I mean, I, I could pull the game on myself, and I obviously haven't. Paddle tramps? Yeah. So we've got some, some opportunity there. Um, again, kind of like how it was early on in the season, your rankings are kind of scattered. Yeah. Um. D1 baseball moved you, or sorry, has kept you at ninth. So you're good, still there, top 10. Baseball America dropped you two spots, which doesn't make any sense unless they're just hammering you for losing to ACU and then a Sunday game versus Baylor. You went two and two this week and dropped two spots, uh, but you won your conference series um, on the road, mind you. National College Baseball Writers Association moved you up from 11th to 9th. Collegiate baseball still has you out of their top 30, which is three weeks in a row. Yeah, that, that kind of gets me because then a team like Vanderbilt, which is named Vanderbilt, is 29 and 13, and they're number 14 in their top 30. And sure, of those 13 losses, 11 are to SEC teams, but Vanderbilt is, they're 10, they're 10 and 11 in SEC play. It's not good. No. It's not good, Bob. And I I, I don't know. I'm not a ranking I don't seek it that much, but for some reason I've taken this one personally because there's 30 of them <laughs> and, and tech's just been completely out of it. I mean, Grand Canyon made the damn rankings this week. They're 29th. Well, we, we've already talked about it. They're not, yeah, they're not a bad team. Yeah, I know. They're, they're actually, they're, they're really good. They're really good cause, you know, because you know, yeah. tech doesn't lose to bad teams. Uh, RPI, again, you got hammered for losing yeah. Evelyn Christian because again, you went two and two on the week, uh, winning your series and taking two on the road. Uh, but you dropped from 43rd to 51st, and then your coach's poll moved you up from 13th to 12th. Upcoming schedule, like I said, you got you actually have the weekend off. Unlike you know, we were talking about Oklahoma State because you have them in two weeks. They Oklahoma State plays this weekend. You do not. You've got some finals coming up, uh, and Texas Tech does well by the athletes to give them that time off to make sure they're ready for their finals to keep them eligible. Um, and then you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday series at Oklahoma State starting on May the 13th. As you mentioned, they are coming off of the sweep of Texas and Austin. Uh, and they, they will be playing Southeast Missouri State in a midweek at Dallas Baptist before they welcome in our Red Raiders. Wrap up of the season the following weekend against Oklahoma. That is your final home series of the season and then your big 12 tournament which will be in arlington this year that could be fun oh yeah i'd like to go to some games there i may that's not a bad idea well maybe working out that way because we're we are we are still on track to move and be out of the house towards the end of the month will you be living down there uh, me and the boys will be yes okay i didn't know for if that was for sure settled or not 
Yeah, we just we just don't have enough space because we're, we're trying to take advantage of locking in our rate for our new mortgage oh, sure. as soon as we can, selling yeah. our house before things get too out of hand. Um, maybe trading off, you know, a little bit on the sales price for interest, but we're 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 just we want to make sure that nothing crazy happens or that it doesn't the market doesn't really cool off because interest rates hit like six percent or something what's great is uh when you refinance your home and the person or the mortgage company refinanced with not within a week of the ink drying we'll sell it no well i have seen that too uh, but they send you literature on, hey, have you considered refinancing your home? The rates are really good. And it's like, you jackasses, we just did this. We just did this. We went You're through this home. whole thing. We had this this notary guy show up to our house, dressed like a like a captain off of a cruise ship. It's kind of an interesting an interesting young man. But anyway, yeah, we 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 went through all that. Are you are you good? Are you good for me to to roll through to the to the ad read? Yeah, man. How's, how about that? How about that segue? Okay. Color cast. We're going to talk about color cast for a little bit, guys. It's a live audio only sports talk platform. We're, we're on it right now. We're live right now. So wherever you are in your car, if you're listening to this, wherever you are, pull over, download color cast. Um, we, 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 we may not be on when you do that, but anyway, it's free to download and to use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app, app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow us at 23Personnel, and you'll be notified when we go live. We will be going live on ColorCast Tuesday evenings, 9-ish Central Daylight Time, and come with your spiciest takes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.
Right. I want to uh, talk about some odds and ends, Michael. Odds and ends. Should and we create like a... We probably should. And, and by the time we, we get around to doing it, we'll, we'll have a, an official off-season format to our podcast and everything will just be odds and ends. But some... Really, it's it's basketball related, so we should just you know, play the basketball <laughs> intro. Yeah, okay, we'll, sure. We'll, we'll just in the background, just here. have it in the background. Um, that's probably a little bit too loud, but I guess outside of the NFL draft, all all of what we're about to talk about is uh is basketball. So we'll we'll just let this play in the background a little bit. Well, NFL, I mean, sort of basketball connection yeah, there. There is a there is a basketball connection on the NFL side too. Um. Texas Tech lands a big, literally a big, in Fardaz Amik, Amak, however you want to pronounce that, from Utah Valley, the 6'11 forward or center, uh, is committed to Texas Tech, but also is remaining in the NBA draft process. Um, so, one, you hope that for Texas Tech's sake, that his grade is just low enough that they like, hey man, maybe maybe you should play one more year and work on your defense. Because he's been really good offensively for Utah Valley. Average almost twenty points a game, uh a bunch of assists and blocks, but Yeah, he's averaged a double double the last two seasons. I'm gonna go ahead and fade this out. Here Fourteen right. points, fifteen rebounds as a sophomore, then nineteen points, fourteen boards as a junior. Yeah, so I mean, we're, we're we're certainly excited. Um, I think what you're seeing, especially with this next guy that we're gonna talk about, Davion Harmon coming in from Oregon, and before that, Oklahoma. So that name should sound familiar. You are starting to see a a, a roster transition from positionless basketball to some pretty well defined. Like, here's a point guard, here's a shooting guard, here's some wings, here's a center, uh, because you've got two guys that are now up near seven feet with. Amac and Bacho. You've got Harmon, who was probably brought in to be a point guard, mm-hmm. as that was a glaring weakness in your your whole your roster. Excuse me. Um, and I I don't want to like just just hammer on that, but like you just had so many similar players in terms of style and what they were able to provide to the team. I think the coaching staff was like, we had we had really good players but they were just too similar. That yes. They, you know, we're... On the offensive end. Yeah, there's 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, 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 yeah. Uh, decent shooters, just not great three-point shooters, could defend really well. Um, but no one that was really super talented at creating their own shot, didn't demand like a double team, or wasn't that that killer go-to scoring threat at the end of the, the, the shot clock or the end of the games that you would want. Um so you're, you're kind of seeing that, that kind of transition. I, I'm actually really excited about Harmon. Uh, I remember he did some damaging in Texas Tech when he was playing for Oklahoma a few years ago. Um, I, I do think you're starting to see a little more refinement to, to Adam's approach. I, I, I think when you see a coach kind of modify how he does things, you're like, all right, well, he's not like locked into like, it has to be this way. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, we all, and, and, Maybe maybe it's more like confirming what I wanted to see last year. And it was like we we're recruiting a lot of the same guys, like a, a bunch of six five guards. Um, and we're just like, is this all we 
This is all we can do. Is this really what we want? Do we want a bunch of guys that are between six, five and six, eight on the team? Um, and then to see it kind of shift a little bit this year, like, all right, well, no, it's not, that's not their, their MO that they don't have to have the team that looks physically the same. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of excited to see it. The downside of all this, uh, is just the number of players that are leaving, I guess, to make room for this. Yes. Um, you've heard Malik Wilson guard from Texas tech has announced his intentions to transfer. He's entered the transfer portal. Um, we're expecting it, but haven't heard any official word about Clarence Nadolny possibly leaving the team. Um, and then I think the two of the bigger ones, uh, I think everybody's been talking about that. I, I want to spend some time talking about Terrence Shannon and Kevin McCuller. Um, I guess first off the drama with, with Shannon is he was, I don't, I don't know if he announced it or, or how it was announced that he was headed to Michigan. And then shortly thereafter it, it felt like it was announced he was going to Michigan and then he announced his commitment to Illinois. I was like, well, that's strange. Why'd that happen? And then you started seeing some Michigan players fire off tweets calling coach Adams, uh, whatever, whatever the name it was. Was there, was there was a coward thrown in? Coward. Uh, because yes, we're so, we're so scared of the Michigan basketball team that we're going to actively block TJ Shannon from being able to go to that school. Uh, but what it, what appears to have happened is to fully qualify to Michigan's transfer standards, Terrence Shannon would have had to have taken some summer classes this summer at Correct. Texas tech. Um, and the thought is that he had requested to remain on scholarship to do that at Texas tech. And Mark Adams said, no, if you're transferring and you need transfer credits, um, you can do that on your own dime or however you want to do it, but we're not going to pay you or we're not going to pay for your classes so you can transfer and leave our program where I'm still trying to recruit and fill out our roster and have scholarship dollars for the incoming student athletes. Well, then everybody at Michigan threw their hands up and said, what a terrible move by coach Adams. He's not supporting his players. And I'm just like one TJ Shannon could have decided to pay for this class that he needed. Supposedly he made $250,000 in NIL deals this past year. You don't think he's got $1,500 laying around to pay for a summer class. I think he does. Do I think Michigan could have had an NIL deal and said, Hey, some of this is to help pay for your summer classes. Sure. It could have happened. Did, did it happen? Apparently not. He's going to Illinois where he currently is qualified to transfer in as in his current degree path and plan, whatever grades. I, I don't know what, what their, what their requirements are. But that's the story that I've heard. Um, so it was like, you're mad at a coach for not allowing a, a player that's leaving the program to stay on scholarship even longer to help him get out when he doesn't have to be on scholarship. This isn't like a few years ago where, you know, he didn't have extra cash in his pocket. He didn't have this NIL money. Um, it's not like a, some broke kid that was only able to go to, go to college because of, you know, the scholarship money he was provided through his athletic department. Like, yes, he was on, on full scholarship to play basketball for Texas tech, but he was also making a, handsome little bit of money on the side. Yeah. Air quote side and, and his NIL money. And good for him. 
No, and and that yeah, I'm, I absolutely I have no no qualms with saying like he got paid while he was here. Good job, Great. Table Eighty Two and yeah. Raising Canes and whoever else. All the sponsors that were able to put up two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for for TJ Shannon to enjoy on top of you know his his scholarship money and all all that that came with it, whether it was appearances and all the hard work he had to put in. But I'm also like the that that Hunter Dickinson at Michigan is like dude like obviously very easily if Shannon was so motivated could have paid for his own class well how how would that even have worked would he have stayed on campus after committing to Michigan and finished those classes or would he have done it somehow online probably i'm, I'm sure he'd have to take some online classes so he could but i mean he 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 could probably relocate up there and be working out with the team unofficially over the summer. Sure. Yeah. As still a, a Texas tech student, but that just seems weird no matter how you slice it. But the thought, I, I don't that, know that should be, I don't think that should be frowned upon as much as, you know, Michigan fans and the Hunter kid may have thought that it, it just doesn't. But the thought that, that Mark Adams somehow blocked TJ Shannon from enrolling or registering for this class is laughable. Yeah, I don't buy that because at all. Coaches have absolutely no say in the schedule of their student student athletes. Now they do have they have some um, some sway with the the advisors that Shannon has you know access to through the athletic department. Like, hey, we want to make sure that he stays eligible. Like, we need to make sure his you know he's taking the right number of hours, but we can kind of spread out his classes where it's not where he's not taking physics and engineering or whatever the high demand classes are in the spring when he needs to be traveling a lot with the team. So like there's obviously that kind of support. He also has support and, you know, advisors through the college that he's a student of. Uh, I don't know what his major is with like, for instance, let's say, let's say it's education through the college of education. They have advisors there for anybody to use, not just athletes, not just regular students. Like again, had he wanted that support or needed that support, it was there for him. He just ultimately, I think it came down to, he needed more classes. He approached Texas Tech, Mark Adams about potentially doing that on scholarship and Mark Adams said no. And it seems that was as far as Shannon pushed it. He's like, fine, I'll go somewhere else. And yeah. he did, he went to Illinois and Michigan's upset about it because he, one, he didn't go to Michigan, but two, he went to one of their rivals. Either way, one, I I just want to say it was stupid that they got all butthurt that Mark Adams didn't want to pay for his summer class to leave Texas Tech. I I don't think anything's wrong with that. Well, especially if there are other options. And there were. You know, it, like, it's not, not like that that's, expensive. it's not like, um, you know, when it, when it was leaked before the plane landed that Shannon was not going to come back next year. It's not like Adams was thinking, oh, oh boy. Have I got have I got this in my hip pocket? You don't know that you have to have nine hours before you can transfer out to any power yeah. five or any D one program in the country. You know, that's not that's not how any of that works. There are other options and that's exactly what Shannon did. He found one that worked and one that he didn't have to take those classes and have that kind of hanging over his head. He can just just go immediately get get on a plane or maybe not immediately, he's got to finish his semester out here. And then uh, just focus a few days away from. Yeah. Focus on basketball. Maybe he'll enroll in some summer classes at Illinois. You know, good, good for him. But 
I guess the I guess the big the big thing people are talking about too on on top of of all of this transfer news is all of the Kevin McCuller scuttlebutt. Yeah, which which came out because it, it felt like that came out the the TJ Shannon that was late last week, like Thursday, Friday, maybe even Saturday. I, I can't remember. I can't keep the day straight. And the McCuller announced on Sunday. He said, "Hey, I've I've, I've been like ahead of the the transfer portal deadline. He's entered the transfer portal uh, to keep his options open uh, while still maintaining he's pursuing the NBA draft. Sure. The what, but what that says though is like all of his options." And none of them included coming back to Texas Tech. Yeah. Um, him pursuing playing in the NBA. I have no problem with that. Best of luck, right? Like yeah, you, you go try course. to do that. Like you want to play professionally. I think that's awesome. You do that. You want to transfer. That's another thing, but different. Well, yes, it's another thing, but still not like I don't have any kind of vitriol or hate towards them. No, it was frustrating to see his final two of Kansas and Gonzaga. I was like, I, I don't know what kind of advice he's hearing uh, or, you know, what kind of grades or reports he's getting from, from the NBA. I would assume it has to do with like wanting to see more of an offensive game. Um, and not that I wouldn't want McCuller back on our team. Oh no, I would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah. But I'm also like, I don't see how he would, be a meaningful contributor to either one of those teams. That's that's what I was getting at too. I we're, we're trying. We're I think you and I are on the same page. We haven't talked about this really at all until we hit record. But we're we're not negative Nancy's and thinking. Well, he's not going to be any good because he's not going to be at Tech under Adam's yeah. system or anything and like that. We're, we're not that way. It's just if the goal to to get is to get to the NBA. It seems like you have a better shot as a starter at Texas Tech than odds are, and we don't know, a lot can happen, than coming off the bench at Gonzaga or Kansas. And yes, Kansas just won the national championship. I'm very aware. Really good basketball team. Great program. Who wouldn't want to go play there? But if the goal is to get noticed by NBA scouts and to further your game, you should be playing in them more. And and I don't know if he's going to get that opportunity as much at those other two programs. Who knows? Yeah. He's, he averaged almost 30 minutes a game for Texas tech the past two years. Yeah. And he, and, and almost 20 minutes a game, his freshman year. Um, there's not a lot of six, seventh men getting drafted into the NBA. Well, and, and look at a guy like, um, who was that transfer that Kansas had that came over from, from Arizona? Um, kid hardly played. I think he played 10, State. 10 minutes a game or something. Yeah. And, and like he ate our lunch when he did it too. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, why can't I think of his name? But anyways, like he, he, I'm, I'm trying to balance realizing that like some people will say, well, you're just saying that cause he's, he's leaving Texas tech. Like, I know you're, I'm, you're, you're trying to downplay his, 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 his prospects or whatever. And I was like, <sighs> we, we know that we, we know that that's going to be a criticism. We get it. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I, I would love to have him on the team. Yes. And, and, and maybe it's my, my just <clears throat> me being a text tech fan for so long. Um, kind of the, the cynicism or just being jaded. Like, well, we're just not very good. 
or, or whatever that we've kind of had to endure as we're not good enough Texas Tech for fill in the blank. Right. Yeah. Our, our guys couldn't go like, you know, couldn't go start for Kansas. We don't get five stars. We don't this. It, yeah. You kind of have that underdog mentality still. And it, it, it rears its head, even though tech has worked itself into the national conversation uh, as a basketball program, which I think is another wrinkle in it. That's what makes it more baffling. You know, if this had been seven years ago and a guy that we enjoyed as much as Kevin McCuller announced that he was going to transfer and went to Gonzaga or Kansas, you kind of go, eh, that stinks, but kind of makes sense. So I get me, it. But now I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it now because I don't want to say tech is up there on the same tier as those two teams, but they may be on the tier just below them with a lot of potential and really good coaching staff. There's all sorts of things going on. We don't know. I mean, as much as I love Mark Adams, as much as I thought the players loved him, maybe it's not as kosher as everyone thinks it is. Maybe there, maybe there are some dissensions there or I, I really, you know, we noticed an obvious difference in, in Shannon's game after he came back from the injury. Uh, his playing time was different too. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much of that was driven by him or odds are it was mostly driven by the coaches. His role was different. Mm-hmm. The way he played offense, he, you know, he wouldn't touch the ball several series in a row uh, on offense. Um, and, you know, beginning of the year when he came back from his first, his initial injury, that was the, the ball went through Shannon almost every possession. And, I think some of that was because Shannon wanted it and he kind of demanded it, but that was just a different dynamic that we saw kind of play out in the background. And so seeing him leave didn't surprise me as much as seeing McCuller leave did. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying not to look into it too much. The fact that O'Banner came back and he was only here for one year and his only coach was coach Adams. That gives me some hope that it, that there's not something some weird chemistry thing going on in the, in the locker room or whatever speculation we want to rattle out there. And then, you know, you're bringing up the fact that these different types of players that Adams is bringing in after Peary has left the building. Yeah. And that's another thing that like, that could be all part of it too. You know, like some of the people that were thinking maybe McCuller wants to go somewhere to improve his game offensively. And they're saying, obviously you're not going to get that kind of opportunity at Texas tech. I was like, that's not obvious. Like he didn't get it this year, but also like maybe this is his game, right? But you also have seen Texas Tech one went after a guy like Peary to add offense to the staff. Didn't work out. He's no longer on the staff. They're going to be going after another guy to fill that spot. So it's not like they're sitting back seemingly okay with how the team performed last year. They're, they're turning the roster. They're turning some of the staff even to continue to improve. Yep. Um, Try different things. I I, want to, again, I I don't want to like understand. It's going to seem that way. Like all, all, all that I'm doing to build up the Kansas roster here in a second to downplay, like what, what Kevin McCullough may be, may be able to do for them. They're bringing in the number four recruiting class this upcoming year. Two five stars, two four stars. You know the size of these guys they're bringing in? Exactly the same as Kevin McCuller. 
except for they're bringing a 6'10 center who's a four star. Grady Dick is a forward, 6'7, 195, five star, number 19 national prospect. MJ Rice, 6'5, 225 forward, which is kind of small for a forward, if you ask me. That's more like, hey, that's kind of a color size. Yeah, that's a good five star, number 26 national player. Ernest Uday, who's the center, and then Zubi Ajayafor. It's a forward, 6'8", number 45 national player. These are guys coming in this year. Top five for recruiting class. That's crazy. Like, I understand he's going to be coming in as a fourth-year player. I mean, he's going to have some maturity advantage over these, these guys. Understand that. But it's not like he's, he's being guaranteed a, a starting role. Or even like a contributor's role on this roster. It's like you're not going to walk in with a bunch of one and dones. Like that spot's mine. Right, right. And Gonzaga is the same way, man. Their their recruiting class is just like this. Yeah, I. I just think that I think there's something else going on, which is fine. Um, you know, did did you want to talk any about the? I don't want to, you know, you don't want to burn calories and get mad about a kid leaving your school and going somewhere else. But it's also okay not to actively root for them, I would say. Yeah. Maybe not root. I mean, not maybe. Definitely not root against them. I would not root against them. Um, You know, it would take a lot for that to happen if there was like a manifesto posted online pinned by him about how terrible Texas tech is or something, then okay. Yeah. Then maybe we bring out the pitchforks, but, and you, you may think all that, what we just said about it is us rooting against him. No, I'm not going out. I'm not tweeting at him. I'm not going after his, like in his mentions talking about what a terrible decision this is, or we're calling it the hypocrisy of trying to be like a red Raider for life. But then like you're deciding not to play your final games with Texas tech. Like I'm not, I mean, I just said that, but like I'm not going after his character. I I don't know. Dis- I don't, I don't disagree with his actions that like he wants to do the best thing for him, which is great. I think it surprised him that he wasn't given the hundred percent support of the fans that he said, Hey, I'm leaving Texas tech for a conference opponent or Gonzaga because I don't think I can do well enough to stick here. And then some fans had some blowback to it, which is understandable, which also I, I, don't I, tweet at players though. Well, <laughs> Right. Don't, don't do that, people. And and what I mean by that, is like as under, understandable, is I'm not saying that you should go after players. I'm just saying like he shouldn't have expected to be 100 no. percent supported by Texas Tech fans to leave the program and and seek other other places, especially when you talk about going to Kansas. And then he sent that that second statement to talk about like how it was a surprise to him and how how he was being treated. And I was like, we're not going to hold your hand out the door, man. There's the the only thing I can compare it to is if, um, okay, here's here's the, the closest thing I can compare it to is like a player on a pro team that you like demanding a trade. Um, basically, Kawhi Leonard is my is my comparison. Just kind of how all of that went down in San Antonio. Really loved him as a player. Thought he was great. And even when all of that went down, and he went to Toronto or wherever he went right after. I can't remember if it was Toronto or... Yeah, it was Toronto because DeMar DeRozan came. Uh, I couldn't help but watch him and enjoy enjoy seeing him play. But that 
even that faded. It just, it just faded eventually. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I couldn't, I really enjoyed watching him and seeing him play as a spur and then seeing him on another team after he kind of torpedoed the spurs a little bit to get out. And I'm, I'm not saying that's what McCullough's doing, but it's, it's natural. It's natural for fans to, to go, okay, great. You know, I'm happy for you, but that's it. I'm not going to go buy a Kansas jersey with your number yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not going to root for you. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be keeping up with Jayhawks by basketball to see how McCullough's doing. Or I, I'm, you, you know, if he went, I would, honestly, though, if he went to uh, Gonzaga, I probably would check in a little bit more often and see how I mean, he's doing. It's like I didn't I didn't put any time or effort in to watch any Houston basketball or look up Kyler Edwards stats this year. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Zero th- like he, he would uh, he would often show up as like the the, the headline photo like, that's right. on ESPN of anything Houston related. I never clicked on an article. I never read anything about it. I couldn't even tell you how they did this year besides they were a little They're in the tournament. They were in tournament uh, probably a little bit lower seed because I, I think they're ranked top 10 for most of this year and they were like they were like a six or seven seed and i remember thinking that seems awfully high for a top 10 program that is as much thought as i gave houston basketball this year with a former texas tech player on it and i, I think we saw some some student athletes kind of voice some displeasures like how can you be so for welcoming in transfers and then turn on a transfer that's leaving your program it's like Understand this, young man, <laughs> coming from the old man, get off my lawn. Uh, we don't root for you. We root for the team. Like, I am not a Kevin McCullough fan, and, and, and I'm not saying that as like, I, I'm not like, a, like I'm opposed to him. Sure. I'm a Texas Tech fan. Yeah. Tech, Kevin McCullough, until this week, was a part of the team. I rooted for him as a part of the team. You're no longer a part of the team. I'm not rooting for you. And I think there have been or there has been just that shift in like team versus individual rooting interests. Right. Oh, sure. And, and, and you can say like the NIL may have something to do with it or the new transfer rules or just how just generational differences between me and the 18 year olds, which yeah. is a bigger gap now than. Yeah. <laughs> it, it continues to grow and it will always. Yeah. Oh yes. But it's like, I mean, I like Shannon. I like my color. I like Kyler Edwards. When they were Red Raiders, you're no longer Red Raiders. I am not going to watch Illinois basketball to, to keep up with TJ Shannon. I'm not going to watch basketball of whatever team and colors going to end up on to keep up with them. Same with Malik Wilson or Nadolny if he leaves. Who is the kid that was on TCU that I always forgot left until we played TCU? Micah Peavy. Yeah, I, I, I hate to. This sounds cold, but once they've left Tech, it's out of sight, out of mind for me. And a lot of it is just because of the turnover. It's because I've got, we're going to have a roster of, we're going to have like two names I know on this new team. And I don't have the mental capacity to even, I, I can't keep up with 30 players. I, I, I can, you know, I've, I've got a whole new roster to deal with. This is a, this is a new world we live in where all we recognize every season is the double T. Everything else is up for grabs. And we I, have no idea what we're getting, and that's what a lot of people are facing right now, but it seems like, especially here. So it's it's kind of tough to, okay, well, uh, um, all right, well, uh, with, within a calendar year, we're going to have 30 players wear a double T, and, and 
and sit on the sideline at uh, United Supermarkets Arena. Yeah, of a team of 13 kids. And I, I like, like you're, the point you're making, like we're having a hard time keeping up with that. Yeah. I remember not that long ago, I could keep up with the majority of the football roster. These are scholarship players of 85 kids. I can keep up with that. I couldn't name 25 players on, on the football team now. And part of that has to do with just like, I haven't devoted enough of my energy to researching them and keeping up with them and all that kind of stuff. But also just because it changes yes. so quickly these days. It's, yes. it's happening with basketball even more so. To your point, like there may be 30 different players that will wear the double T basketball jersey over the next two years. And two of them will, will hold over from one year to the next. Yeah. I mean, to, to keep our sanity, we've just got to keep up with who is currently wearing a double T. That is, yeah. that is what we can do. We can't, we can't follow Illinois basketball. We can't follow Horn Frog basketball, no. Cougar basketball, Zags, Jayhawks, whatever. We, we can't keep up with it and no one should be expected to. And, and players should not expect that kind of thing because I, I think that's what happens is with, with the NIL, it, it's like everything else. Um, you, you get recognition, you get, um, rewarded for it uh these players were very uh you know instrumental parts of these teams they deserved whatever they got for you know what interest they got for their nil and so i think you know they get that part of it whereas before you didn't get that part of it you know you just wanted the fans to you know enjoy your play and and root for you and stuff you didn't get to actually interact with people and experience the the wealth that's there that's available and so i think that can then transition your thought process to um well you know because these handful of people have given me physically given me money that means that everyone is fully on board with me no matter what i do and the average joe fan is just not going to feel that way they're not going to feel like they need to follow Kansas basketball and even players that, that that can command six figure NIL deals. Like I don't know what kind of money McClure was making off those deals. It still doesn't free up room for me to follow him or care that where, wherever he ends up to fall. Like I, I just can't, I won't. Yeah. I mean, I'm, so, I'm proud of him for being able to build a brand and, and do this, but that, that brand is still whether, whether they realize it or I guess they're beginning to realize it, that brand that they've built is, right now very very closely connected with texas tech and then once they sever those two their brand's going to have a it's going to falter you know the this the, the public's not going to acknowledge the mcculler or the shannon brand as much because it's not associated with tech yet but they will enjoy that same rewards once they go over to kansas or once they go over to gonzaga or illinois you know they'll kind of beef back up so that they will be fine and it is fine Probably. for, for yeah. tech fans to just go, hey, thank you. You know, appreciate you playing here. You, you did a lot, especially McCullough. I mean, if he was on the court, the offense was better. It, it was just that simple. Um, Shannon's three improved a lot this year. You know, I, I appreciate them both for playing through injuries. They both did that multiple times mm-hmm. over the year. Uh, multiple injuries. You know, just really had some bad luck. But that's it. We're, we're good now. Again, like we, we root for the, the Texas Tech basketball team. I'm not rooting Correct. for, I wasn't rooting for 
TJ Shannon or Kevin McCuller or Marcus Santa Silva or any individual player. It was the team. And, and maybe that, that, that's something that we have to, you know, kind of shift our, our, our mindset with this new world of college athletics. And, and maybe as we kind of continue to shift into, um, the higher level recruiting classes that we're getting, like we're, we may be getting more one and done type players and that's just more what's going to be. But like, sure. Again, you get a one and done player, like they're not leaving you for another, another school. They're leaving yeah. for the NBA. And I have no problem with a player leaving early to pr- pursue professional playing. Yeah. Or, or do like Shannon did test the waters last year. They didn't quite think he was, uh, you know, his draft stock wasn't high enough. So he came back. I mean, really another thing, another thing to appreciate about Terrence Shannon Jr. is he came back last year. So there's plenty to appreciate about these guys. And I hope that you all do. I do. And then, but I, we've got to let them go because we're about to have 13 almost brand new faces show up on campus. And we've got to figure out who these guys are and how they're going to play together. All right. Speaking of letting you go, we've, we've spent almost 30 minutes on this. <laughs> um, Marcus Santos Silva. Interesting. At Speaking least of me, an individual, I am actually going to actively root for. Uh, signed a free agent deal with the Cleveland Browns. Not the Cavs. Not the Cavaliers. The Browns that play tight end. Michael's really been excited about oh, this. Oh, man. I'm just grinning. I, I, I shared it last week how pumped I was about this this experiment, this this conversation you have with your friends over a, over a few too many beers at Caprock Cafe. Oh, no, he could play tight end. Oh, BS. He couldn't play tight end. Yeah, he could. And now we're going to find out. We're going to find out if... If we've got a, if we've got one of those on our, yeah, on our roster, and I, I, I mean, at least I thought it was interesting that he signed his free agent deal before an actual tight end that played for Texas Tech football, Travis Koontz, who was just invited to the mini camp. So Marcus Santos Silva will be a free agent or whatever that, however that that works out will be a part of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Whereas Travis Coons, an actual football tight end that played football in college was just an invitee. So I think, that, I think that's, that's an interesting, I'm not trying to downplay like state of the two programs. Is that what you're getting at? I'm not, no, I'm just saying like okay. just the athleticism that our man Marcus Santos Silva had. Hey, I wanted to share really quick has. that the insider I mentioned last week. Yeah. You were all about uh, trying to protect it. Might actually be an insider. Because he told me, he sent me a DM on April 23rd, which forgive me, I mean, that was, I forget when all this was announced, but on April 23rd, now hold fast, hold with me. He told me two things. He told, he dropped two bombs on me and I told him I wouldn't tell anybody. One of them he said was, but here we go. <laughs> well, the, they've, they've kind of come to fruition. So I can, I can say it. One of them was that, uh, TJ was coming back. And I guess that makes this make in retrospect, this makes sense because this was probably, he was probably hearing that the Michigan deal was not going to go down. And he also said that Davion Harmon is coming as well. That was April 23rd is when he told me that. And then Harmon announced just this past weekend, didn't he? Yes. So he was a good week and a half ahead of that. Yes. And then, um, so I, I, it was Thursday it was Thursday he announced not. And so I, I messaged him back and said, Hey man, saw the news about Harmon. You called it. And then he replied back with Shannon isn't coming anymore. This was on Thursday. He said, but Fardaz is. And then of course that was Thursday at like five thirty, And 
he announced the next day that he was coming to Texas Tech. Yeah, so, so uh, I may have I may have an insider here. I don't know. the The jury is the jury is still out. But I, that's all that's all he's told me so far. So I, I I said that I would wait until they came true before I said anything. So I'm I'm, I'm looking over on uh, inside the Red Raiders. Davion Harmon is a four star transfer. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, Kevin McCuller is a also a four star transfer. He's he's listed at a ninety three, whereas Harmon's a ninety. Um, Malik Wilson hasn't his transfer grade hasn't been updated, but he was an eighty seven uh, rated three star and from high school. Uh, we didn't mention Chibuzo Agbo as as transferred oh. transferring to Boise State. Going to be a Bronco. I completely missed that, Spencer. That's why I didn't have that in there. Um, I, well, did he announce? Did he announce the portal a while back? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it was pretty close to the end of the season. I think so too. It was, um, and he's another guy that I was really proud of for sticking around because he must have figured it out over the off season that how much his role was going to change. Cause he was playing quite a few, not quite a few, but he was playing more and more minutes under beard. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, completely took a backseat under Adams. And I think that surprised, I know that surprised a lot of fans and I'm sure it had to have surprised him and had to have been kind of a humbling experience. So I'm, I'm glad he stuck around. Um, and I hope, I, I hope the best for him at Boise state, but this time next year, I won't be, I will I'm, not have kept up with how Agbo did at Boise State. <laughs> yeah, so TJ Shannon announced uh, or entered the transport transfer portal on March 25th. Agbo entered on the 29th. So okay, I thought later. it was pretty early. Um, Sadar Calhoun, which we talked about quite a while ago, transferring to um, Drake. And then obviously you're welcoming in Jalen Tyson from Texas, Fardaz Amac from Utah Valley, Demarion Williams, a guard from Gardner Webb, Davian Harmon from Oregon. Then plus your uh, your high school class. This so, baseball game has been going for four hours and twenty five minutes. Yeah, so Michael just looked up. This game is closing out on 30 runs, 16 to 11. It is bottom of the ninth. Parrish is still in. He came in the eighth. We've got the mustachio gentleman batting. Oh, he's going to hit a double here. Um, <laughs> he's going to end up on second base. You just wait. Parrish came in with the bases loaded first pitch. Dude cranked it out to right field. Very nearly hit a home run. Ended up being a fly ball out. But the, the runner from third tagged up. Uh, and then your, your high school class is going to have Pop Isaacs. Lamar Washington, Robert Jennings. So right there, you're, you've got seven new guys coming in on top of, oh, there's the, there's the hit. There he goes. It's not a double though. It's a single though. Yeah, he's on base. Um, football. The NFL draft was this past weekend. It was. Very quietly because I, I just haven't been keeping up with football. I, I Even with the uh, the spring game, which probably would have, you know, been more on my radar if I was actually at the game or if I was able to make it. Eric Ezekonma drafted in the fourth round, 125th overall to the Dolphins. I was listening to the Gauchos talking about this, and I completely agree with this point they're making. That is uh, 18, 19, 20, whatever, you know, sorry, you wouldn't be that young. 20, 21-year-old 
going into the NFL, like you're not going to like the number one team, right? Sure. But could you, could you imagine a better place to land than like Miami or Las Vegas <laughs> or oh, LA? Just geographically? Just like, okay, so like we're, we're, we're here. We're not like, you know, dead last, but I'm not also on like a, a contender. And you, like you land it, like I said, Got LA. Got a team with some potential. Yeah, LA, Vegas, Miami, Dallas even. I'm probably just a little biased. Or Houston, you know, a lot of people are excited about them or about that area. Like it could have been... Green Bay, Buffalo. <laughs> well, I mean, but, well, both of those would be okay. That's a good comparison because Pittsburgh, as far as standing in the league, Green Bay and Buffalo are pretty no, much I mean, pretty much cream of the crop. But and they're good teams, right? But like, but living in Miami or Tampa, just a good coastal. Yeah, I mean, not not coastal, but they're on the they're on the bay side, not the bay, the Gulf side. Anyways. Uh, Eric has a comment going to the Dolphins. Uh, you've actually had quite a few Texas Tech Red Raiders end up with the Dolphins, which Keem Grant you had Zach Thomas there. Sam McGuavin played there for a little while. Um, Dawson Deaton goes in the seventh round to the Browns. So he and Marcus Santos Silva will be teammates. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> um, and then, um, Gary Bay was signed by the by my Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, Jonathan Gary's got a really good shot because I think they I think the Cowboys only have one kicker on their roster until they signed Gary Bay, uh, and he wasn't very good. So like he's got a pretty good shot to be a Dallas Cowboy, the, the kicker for the Cowboys this year. I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll also bring in a couple more guys to try out and however that works for NFL kicking teams or how the NFL does kicking. But I really appreciate how the Cowboys have. They will latch on to local talent. And by local, I mean guys at OU or Oklahoma State or Texas Arkansas. Tech or, yeah, I, I've. Jerry Jones is very, like, he's very regional. regional. I've, <laughs> I've, I've really enjoyed that aspect about the Cowboys, Texas, you know, Roy Williams, all, all these guys that mm-hmm. have, that played big roles on the regional college teams. It's, it's just that's kind of been fun to see as a and, Cowboys fan. And, and I'm maybe other pro teams do that, but I don't follow. Yeah. I don't follow y- enough. You know, I don't think. keep up with the, the schools surrounding Denver that much to, to know who all the, the Broncos are drafting. Like, Oh, well that guy was really good for Boise state or this guy was good at Colorado or whatever. But I, I do think that, that it may be kind of unique to Dallas, how much guys like CD lamb and, and you know, as a comma and or not as a comma, uh, sorry, Garibay and you know, other guys get a, a chance because he probably saw them play, <laughs> you know, physically saw them in person. Oh man, ACU scored, yeah, and then, um, still no outs, runner on second down, ACU is down 16 12. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Just hit a double. Stand up double. Ugh. Anyway, so there was the there's a draft. You got some more guys that are that you would expect would be on a roster like Rico Jeffers, Colin Schooler. I don't know how that man made it through. Diving stop by Young. Right. Stab to get the out at first. Yeah, like Schooler, you think like if he gets like in the facility somewhere on like as a as an you know undrafted free agent, like he's gonna impress like yeah, we should probably sign that dude. Or if someone watches five minutes of film or five minutes. That's probably too much. Like a Just minute and a, a half. Yeah. 
They're going, okay, yeah, let's uh, let's give this guy a shot. Even um, like all of his time in Arizona? Yeah. I mean, the dude's just, he's the tackle leader in the FBS, right? Yeah, he's the, the career tackles leader. Yeah. In FBS football. Uh, Rigo Jeffers, uh, Demarcus Fields. Uh, who else am I missing? Is that Did you say Geiger already? No, but Kalen Geiger. I do think he signed a uh, a free agent deal because I, I think and Tampa because uh, Matt City Wells actually or, or, he posted some 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 shots pictures of him and these players together as they were being announced, which I thought was, was a a nice touch from a coach that has been like was fired from, from, from this university and is now coaching at a, at a rival big 12 school Yeah, to come back and congratulate the guys that he coached as they get their shot to play in the NFL. Like it was very personal players coach. I think I was like, well, that's, that's not a bad thing to say. I saw him do that with Garibay for sure. So I'm sure mm-hmm. he did that with other players as well. Uh, and that was when I realized, Oh, I still follow Matt Wells. <laughs> I, did I, I was like, <laughs> unfollow. No, I, I thought, well, that was really nice of him to do that. I felt the same way. And then I thought, oh, should I, should I still be following him? I, I don't know. I, I haven't made the decision yet. I'm going to, I'm going to weigh that for another day. Well, cause like, so I, I saw that those tweets come up and I went back to his profile. And the last thing he tweeted before the draft weekend was when that last statement as he was. Oh, really? Said the last statement to the Texas tech fans. Like, Hey, it's been a, you know, an honor and pleasure to be your, your coach, man. So he and has, there was like six months of silence on his Twitter profile. And then he came back with the draft stuff. So congratulations to those Red Raiders, uh, those that were drafted and those that are continuing to, to work at their uh, ultimate dream there to play in the NFL. So Michael, let's, uh, let's get to what we learned and uh, wrap this thing up. What did we learn Palmer? I don't know, sir. Oh, no either. All right. So Mother's Day is yes. coming up. Yes. I, I am I am proud to host. Okay, because well the way we're doing Mother's Day this year, this is the first year that uh, my wife's mom has lived here. And my mom's been here for a few years. And so what we're gonna do, Saturday is gonna be devoted to my wife. So her and I and our five-year-old, we're going to do whatever she wants to do on Saturday. And then Sunday, we're going to have my in-laws over and my mom over. We're grilling. We're hosting a Mother's Day celebration for our moms. And so I brought up the question on the 23 Personnel Twitter account, at 23 Personnel. You should follow us. Yes, you should. I, I asked people, you know, is anyone else firing up the grill? What's on the menu for Mother's Day? And then I made it clear that I'm, you know, I'm just curious. I'm not, I'm not asking because I have no idea what I'm going to do and I need tips and I need help. No, of course not. No, that's not me. Hey, uh, speaking not of tips, all. that reminds me, I want to bring, I, I steak tips. Bring, I want to bring something up meat rot wise. Okay. At, right. After oh, this. oh, after. Okay. Oh, I, and I, I know I don't want to leave the audience hanging. My wife and I decided on a menu tonight and you, oh. you will be pleased. I will tell you what it is later, but. The main thing I got, which is crazy because I just did this last week, but at road underscore builder underscore Texas, Chuck let me know that the tri-tip is becoming his favorite thing to grill and smoke. And you can get it for a lot cheaper at about seven bucks a pound. 
and he was talking about how he actually finished it with a garlicky and salty chimichurri sauce, which sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've, I'm, I've, I don't think I told you, but when I did tri tip last month, which is just a crazy coincidence that this is what was suggested me to, to, to do. And I actually did it last month for the first time ever. And I talked about it on this podcast cause it was so delicious. I served it with uh, we did pico de gallo mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, had a salad on the side. So we kind of kept it fresh. And I think even my wife mentioned one time, you know, I wonder if a chimichurri sauce would do anyway, that's an excellent idea. I will have just done that. Uh, Rob mentioned that I should sous vide a couple of ribeyes mm. and then do some fried potatoes and mushrooms and onions on the blackstone as well. Now, I do not have a blackstone. That is on my, my father's day list. It, it'll but, probably have to be delayed because like of all of our, our movings about this summer. Yes. But like birthday, father's day, because those I think are with like a week of each other. So like, yeah, my birthday's early, middle June and then Father's Day, like my brother-in-law has a Blackstone. I don't want the big one that he's got. He's got like the 48 inch, like the big one. I want like just a little one because there's just, there's just the four of us. Yeah. It's just two adults and two kids. We won't need a giant one. I want to try my hand at griddle. I know. Cooking. Uh, Oh gosh. Cast iron griddle. Yeah. It gets you, uh, can you just, uh, this is what I think of. Can you imagine the burgers that you can make on that thing? Oh man, just the the juices just don't go anywhere. They just, they're there. They stay, they go back in, they come back out, they go back. It's kind of like bourbon. It's just going into the staves. It's coming back out. It's just, <laughs> just flavor. Just, it's all it is. Uh, so that was, that was pretty much what I learned is people had some great ideas. I, I, I would do a tri tip again, Chuck, for sure. I had just done one. Um, so we're changing it up and we're doing fajitas. That's what we're going to go with. It's interesting twist. Yes. Okay. So, because it, it it came up naturally, I, I sent you a video about this this barbecue guy that I follow on YouTube. Uh, he is originally from uh, the Kentucky area, lived in California these past several years, and has moved back with family. He said, "You wouldn't believe like how crazy the Californians are about tri tip." He's like, "While I was out there, I've I've tried it all. I've tried different ways to fix it. Here's how I like to do it." He has this contraption, and I, I don't, I haven't been active enough on his channel to figure out what it is, but it's this grill where the grate and the lid are separate from the barrel where the fire chamber is. Okay. And it's suspended by like a tripod, so like he can raise up and down the grate and the lid section to control the temperature. So like basically it's like a drum smoker, but it's like for grilling. He could use it as a grill to, yeah, but, but he can raise all over it. Like, a, like there, there's actually a in the video where he's doing this tri-tip, probably a six or eight inch gap between the drum where the fire is. Mm-hmm. There's a gap where you can see, you know, air through it. And then the grill above it just has a way to control temperature. Like that's interesting. But he essentially did, um, it was a direct heat, but it was low temperature grill of mm-hmm. the tri-tip. Brought it up to like 120 degrees, and then dropped down to sear it. Uh, so kind of a reverse sear, but he did more of like a, it was a barbecue rub that had some sugar in it. So it was like, you want to be careful not to oh, burn, burn it. it. Yep. Because uh, it'll get bitter. And he's like, and with the way this cut is, the point of it here, real thin, will will hit more of a medium well, but 
he's like, but the way that I, I cook this, it kind of works for everybody. Cause like on, on the bigger side, you'll have maybe medium rare more towards medium and then kind of gradiates all the way down to like a, all the way up to like a medium. Well, yeah. So it's kind of good for everybody. You can get pretty good little steak bites out of it. It's like, Oh, that actually looks really good. I want to try it now that he did that. I want um, to do it again and I want to do it with the chimichurri sauce and I want to not have my Weber so darn hot. Cause I, I did it uh, kind of a hot and fast, but not on purpose. You and know? see, I would probably it turned out great, but every th- probably the, the least done it was, was I, I, I might've had like a, you know, an inch of medium ish, but beyond that, it was mostly medium well and, or probably a little bit over well there. There wasn't a lot of pink, yeah. but you know, it was my first, it was my first shot and man, that Weber was at like three, three seventy, and I just could not cool it down. It was it's like, it was done in an hour. <laughs> like, okay. I seared it first and then it was done within like 45 minutes. Oh, all right. I so let's slice it open, I guess. So I, I, I would want to try it on the Weber with the slow and sear. Yes. So like you have the basket and like there's a water, um, barrier between the, the, the charcoal and the other side of the, so you can put it opposite of the basket. Obviously you can control the temperature, have it be more indirect. And then when you're ready, you just rotate the grates, the grill grates all the way over, you know, 180 degrees, put it over the fire, sear it real quick. Um, he said you, you could reverse sear it and do like, like a sous vide on it, but it's like, I don't know. He, I, for, for some reason, like he, he wasn't, he wasn't really about things. Like he, he was more like you get a better flavor this way. I was like, I don't know, man, like reverse searing, like sous vide. So like, so when somebody said to sous vide some steaks, it's like, dude, that sounds really good. I'm, I may have to do that. That may be, that may be but, your mother's day menu. Well, and here's the thing. So Samantha had her, she had two wisdom teeth out on Monday. Oh no. <sighs> ball okay. Game. Ball game. Um, <laughs> so she actually had one of her wisdom teeth pulled up by the dentist last week. And this woman is, is like a rock. She, it was, erupted enough that the dentist could just pull it and she went in the dentist to have it our dentist moved so she had to go back and see this new dentist and she's like well since you're here and i'm here to evaluate it, i i i see that i can pull this you want me to go ahead and do it now she's like yeah sure so last tuesday morning with very little notice she's like yeah just, just go ahead and pull it and then she went to her her internship at roosevelt like 30 minutes later just like some gauze and just yeah and well and it's like it, it she up took not, a salt tablet rubbed some dirt on it and just went to went back to work not being a thing yeah and then uh and then she Did came not. back uh and saw the oral surgeons at a west texas oral facial surgery on a quaker no free ads but good work guys <laughs> then she had two she only had three wisdom teeth just the weirdness that our bodies are with wisdom teeth our bottom two had to be completely cut out so she, she had that surgery yesterday morning Great video, actually, of her crying on the way home because she thought that her tongue had been shortened. I love this. And she would no longer be able to lick and eat an ice cream cone. That's a very, that's very uh, troublesome. Yeah. And she was perturbed. Who wouldn't be disappointed by that? She was so upset that she'd have to settle for watching me eat it. And then all she could have would be popsicles. Um, but anyway, so she, she had her, her wisdom teeth out on Monday. I, so I'm not sure where we're going to be at in terms of eating wise for Mother's Day this weekend. Yes. But I, I, I may have to work collaboratively with her to set the menu. Also, no free ads. The tri-tip I got was at Red Raider Meats. I will give them all the free cheap. ads. 
I mean, it was like 15 <laughs> bucks and it was almost three pounds. So it was, it was less than $6 a pound. Yeah. So tri-tip, I think is something that I'm, I'm getting more and more interested in doing now. Uh, I just, I want to yeah. do it again. Cause I, I was surprised. I, I was surprised at how much we both liked it. And my five-year-old, she liked it. She's been way more adventurous in food just randomly this last couple of weeks. We've been so proud of her. And this is going to sound crazy to probably a lot of parents out there, but she just went ham on some bacon this week. And Allison and I Allison loves him some bacon. Uh, see, I know. I mean, I'm sure that's pretty common for a lot of kids, but she's just, nah, she's never showed any interest in it, but man, she, she, chow, she chowed down on two or three big strips of bacon for dinner one night. Cause we had breakfast for dinner, which is one of my favorite Solid. things. Yeah. It's just one of the best things in the world. Whenever, whenever my wife asks about like, well, what could we do? I don't know what we have. And what about breakfast? That's like one of my we first did. things. So like, yeah, yeah, I've got some eggs. You always almost always have something like, yeah, I've got some eggs. We could do some toast. We got this. Like, we did yes. pancakes and, uh, we did tacos and, um, burritos, scrambled eggs. Oh, eggs in the basket or whatever. No. Yeah. Just scrambled eggs, pancakes yeah. and, and little sausage links. For, Imagine for, if you for had dinner. your Blackstone. Yeah. I could have done all that in the Blackstone. One cleanup instead of four different dishes in a bowl scribble the eggs scribble. i'm asking for I a hate, new uh, saying that but i'm asking for a new um cooking thermometer for father's day anyways um <laughs> we've been going before, an hour and a half <laughs> before we, we before we wrap up guys i need to need to need to let you all know that today's episode of 23 personal podcast is brought to you by our friends sports drink your digital water cooler sports drink is the newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports they're here to help us grow and to hate on your favorite team, a rising tide lists all boats. So go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink. That's spelled like sports drink, but without the vowels. S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. All we ask that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Um, so Mother's Day. I, I'm going to have to get Samantha involved in it. Um, it can't be a surprise. Not that, not that we usually do surprises, but just, uh, you know, just make sure whatever it, it, it may have to be more like a last minute call too. like, Hey, it's Saturday. Like how, how are you feeling about yeah. chewing steak or do we want to do yeah. more of like something else and save this for later? Yes. Yeah. So, that's, that's, that's a very good point. Anyways, I think that'll do it for us on the 23 personal podcast. Tax tech baseball wins tonight on the road for midweek against Abilene Christian down go the wildcats 16 to 12 got the weekend off before we head to stillwater take on oklahoma state and then back for oklahoma for michael i'm spencer we'll catch you guys next time thank you for listening to the 23 personnel podcast and sharing our fandom for the texas tech red raiders you can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.